Hey everybody, Bees with Ben. Got a big, awesome, fantastic, brilliant episode today. Uh, all the way from Fiji, uh, I've got an awesome guest. I've managed actually, I've managed to spend some time in Fiji and met this lo- lovely couple. Uh, and I've got Jean on the line, which I'm going to grab in a second. Uh, Jean Tickram, uh, they're in Fiji and they're beekeepers and they've got Waitika Farm and we're going to hear all about keeping bees in Fiji, obviously the problems, that the good stuff, the bad, obviously the good stuff, the weather's amazing, uh, what's obviously the changes, what's happened with with the uh, with the virus, with um, with COVID, how it's affected some businesses for the better and so forth, so uh, thank you so much Jean, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Great to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's lovely to talk to you again. As I said, uh, spend a little bit of time with you and in your fantastic farm, Waitika Farm. So, so Waitika, where does that name come from? Well, we live in an area on um, Viti Level, which is one of the main islands. And we live in the northern little tip and all the... Um, areas around us are why something, why in Fijian is water. And so when we were trying to think of a name for our farm and our honey and everything, we decided we would take the why prefix, because um, our farm's actually in Wairuku, um, and we attached it to the first four letters of our surname, which is Tikaram. So we came up with Y Tikka, and it has quite a nice little ring to it so I we thought that's it. what we call ourselves yeah absolutely love it that's fantastic i love i love the way people get with their names with the businesses and i love the way you've incorporated you know your surname with um with the local language that's really really cool so and now yeah it sounds nice and fijian it does doesn't it well speaking of fijian so you're there's a little accent there so i believe you are from south africa and you've moved to fiji 20 odd years ago Yes, by accident, really. I wasn't meaning to stay 25 years. Um, I was actually meaning to stay a couple of months, and I ended up teaching at a, a international school in Suva. Um, and my short-term teaching extended into a few weeks longer, and then into a month, and into a term, and next minute I was signing a contract, and you know, 25 years later, here I am in the hills of Raki Raki. Awesome, I love it. So, I love it, and and so Raki Raki. So that, as you said, that's in the northern part of the main island of Fiji. Yes, more uh, northern part of Viti Levu, which is is the bigger of the the main islands. We we ended up here actually because um, Anil, my husband, is of um, Indian descent, and when his grandparents came over as indentured la- indentured labourers, they settled in the interior of Raki Raki. So as a child, he used to come up here for school holidays. You know, he'd hop on the little old bus and career down the dusty road for a couple of hours and he'd come and spend his school holidays with Granny and Grandpa out in the in the hills. And he loved it so much. So we decided that when we would hop off the, the bus, so to speak, we'd come up here and we'd build our little paradise which which we've done you know so for him it's a little bit coming full circle kind of thing love it and when you mentioned the word paradise as i said I, I was lucky enough to have lunch with you guys and and check out your bees and your awesome farm paradise 
is an understatement. It is absolutely gorgeous. Even your the driveway which goes up in the hill, like is as soon as this this uh, stupid COVID goes away and where it's come from or whatever happens, I am coming back, Jean, because I absolutely. Oh, that'll be fantastic! Yeah, uh, just. Just allocate a little bit longer this time. You know, you were in a hurry last time. I, I was. So, no, I would absolutely uh, love it because it's a beautiful part of the world. So, and uh, and with the bees, so how did that all happen, Gene, with uh, you guys getting started with bees? So, where did that all um, start off, that, that wonderful journey? Well, it was actually quite accidental because Anil's actually um, a lawyer and I was a school teacher and you know, life was just going by too fast and all we were doing is working, working, working. So we decided we were going to actually um, flick that switch and we were going to give, it up, give up our day job and we were going to take the plunge and head out over here, which we did. So we bought up a little um, a sugarcane field actually and we didn't persevere with the sugarcane and we built our house. And we sort of thought, oh, it'll be cool to keep a couple of bees, you know. So we got a couple of hives and we did a, a course, quick course, mine was like a two-day little course with the local Ministry of Ag. And YouTube till we dropped and we started the bees. And it was amazing. We, we had them for a couple of months. And the bug just bit, no pun intended. And it was just incredible. We loved it. We fell in love with the bees. So... You know, it just overtook and it became a passion, you know, and we just loved it. So our beehive numbers grew um, and we weren't really intending to make a business out of it, but it sort of evolved, you know, it just happened. And, and when did it start, Jean? So when did that journey start with keeping bees? Um, 2010. We, we left Suva in 2010. Um, I left teaching and he left his law practice. And, yeah, so we came up here in 2.10 and we must have, I can't remember now, but about the end of 2.10, perhaps early 2.11, we got our first couple of hives. And it's just been incredible. You know, it's been such a lovely, lovely pastime. I can't imagine my life before that, you know. I don't know why we didn't do this from when we were young. <laughs> but anyway. A lot of people say that. They wish they got into that wonderful beekeeping journey when they were much younger. Um, yeah, and so with the so with these bees, so they're the European honeybees. So what type of strain are they, and how do they go with uh, environment? Well, yeah, well, we've actually got um, a, a little bit of a mix here, but I think we've largely got the Africanized honeybees. Um, they're a very aggressive bee. Um, yeah, the bees go well here. Um, we actually are trying to, I know the CGB keepers are trying to import some better um, strain of queen bees from you guys. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I know there are issues bringing them in at this stage in particular. Um, our, the Fiji bees are very, very aggressive. Um, and, you know, I, I often see um, videos and, and photographs of beekeepers in other part of the world, parts of the world with no veils, no gloves, nothing working their bees. And I think, oh, my God, you just can't do that with ours, you know. That's interesting. Cause They're I, very, very aggressive. They are. Because I, I spent enough time with another beekeeper and they were like, you know, I had to put gloves on. They were just absolutely feisty. So, um, But obviously they've got to work in these conditions. So talk us through you're dealing with a wet season, which you're experiencing now, 
And how do the bees, what do they forage on compared to dry season and vice versa? Yeah, well, look, we, we have a very um, odd um, scenario here. We have where we position. This actually is, is good for beekeeping from the point of view of the drier end of the country. Um, but we have two very distinct seasons. We have a winter that um, gets very drought-stricken. There's not a drop of rain for months and months and months. Um, so the bees rely largely on, on sort of a multi-floral, um, almost for want of a better word, weeds, you know, um, and, and any other wild flowers. And then in our summer, which goes from about, our rainy season goes from about November to April, um, we can have excessive rain. We are prone to a lot of cyclones. Um, which makes beekeeping really, really difficult. You know, I often look at these YouTube videos of, of beekeepers in countries where there's snow, and I think, oh God, how do they, how do they manipulate their hives and work their hives to keep them healthy? But in another sense, you know, we we have it quite difficult with these cyclones um, because we lose a lot of hives, we lose a lot of bees, and sometimes they, you know, we just had now. Um, I think in December we had cyclone Yasa, um, and thank heavens this time we got the edge of it rather than the branch of it. Um, but still, it wiped out all the um, uh, the flowers and the, the wow. fruit, you know. Wow. Um, and then hot of the heels of that one, we had cyclone Anna, which was a direct hit. Um, so there's been nothing for them to feed on, you know, that sort of thing. And it's flooded and flooded and flooded. <laughs> it's been a terrible season. Wow, it's pretty tough. Um, so, so, yeah, it's tough for Yeah, Yeah, it has been. At this season in particular, I mean, all our, our summer seasons are quite tough um, because we are very cyclone um, prone. And the area that we're in particularly is quite highly cyclone prone in itself. So it's quite difficult. And, and one's focus really is in just on keeping the bees alive, keeping them well fed, um, trying to keep them upright <laughs> all the time. You know, that's and that, that's a, yeah. something we, we've we actually got to work on. You know, it's quite a – and it's something I, I'm wanting to think through for next season because um, I think about a month or so ago we had Cyclone Anna, which was only, I think, an upper-end Category 2, which is just enough to sort of do struct, small structural damage and stuff. But regardless of the fact that we tied our hives down really securely, um, so many of them went down and they, they toppled right upside down so the rain was going into them you know so it's something i must work through um as as to a sensible way to actually secure these things that's incredible when you've got yeah wow when you've got a fair amount of hives you know exactly easy to do if you've got a a couple of hives um but yeah it's, it's an interesting challenge here um it's it's not easy um yeah, but I suppose, I mean, any any other part of the world has their own challenges. You know, I would never trade for a snow-ridden country <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> to be keeping the snow, you know. It's, it's funny you say yeah. that, it's funny you say that, Jean, because there's a, um, a Canadian beekeeper, and I think it was two weeks ago, they were experiencing minus 30 degrees. Oh, and it's my just got, God. So it's, it's amazing. Isn't it? And just talk about those challenges. Like, you talk about cyclones, so – you know, th- that sort of challenge of making sure the bees don't fall over and do your best to keep the lids on and so forth. Yeah. But you guys, I think it was a smidge over uh, five years ago now, Cyclone Winston 
Yeah, that was one of the yeah, worst yeah. ones. Tell us about that. What happened? Yeah. And that sounds scary. Yeah, that that was very scary. Um, Cyclone Winston ended up being a high end Category Five. In fact, I think it was an off the charts Category Five. Um, and we were in the direct path of it. We got the eye, so we were totally, totally wiped out wow. in Winston. Um, it wiped out our solid concrete home, um, all our hives. We lost all our hives. So basically, after Winston, we started all over again with absolutely every every aspect of everything. Really, you know, we were back to. It was actually quite amazing. The next morning, as they always seem to come at night, <laughs> you know. Oh, did they? Add really? The, well, well, they don't technically, but they have yes. the last few. Um, and Winston arrived sort of late afternoon, early evening. So the brunt of it was happening around midnight. And it was actually surreal. You know, the next morning when the sun came up, the, the noise was so loud that we didn't really realize the extent, you know, of, of the damage and stuff. And when the sun came out, well, we just saw this absolutely incredible flat plain of nothingness. There was not a tree. There was not a building. It was just incredible, and it was devastating because all our bees had gone, and you know. So yeah, that was a very, a very big, um, you know, uh, negative for us. Oh, of course, as it was for many, many people, you know. So oh. and and it was a big, you know, it was a, a real case of starting all over again, and a little bit harder over again because one still had to go through all the clean up and then the rebuild, and you know. So, yeah, I know. But we're here. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's of course that's uh, that's true. And I was just looking, just jumped, on, just jumped on the computer. But it says there was a uh, Winston amounted to a damage of two point nine eight billion dollars, and yeah. the, the the there was a ten minute sustained winds of two hundred and eighty kilometers per hour. You just can't. Yeah. Well, you just have to hunker that, down. Yeah. yeah, it's it's terrible. Now, now we're actually, as you know, we're elevated, right? Um, and they reckoned where we were that the um, that the winds were about three hundred and fourteen to three hundred and twenty wow. kilometers. I mean, that is just insane. It is. Wow. Yeah. And thank heavens we weren't really aware of all that intensity because it was so loud, you know. That's incredible. But anyway. Yeah, and so and we we were hiding in this little cupboard. This really little cheap, um, what do you call those little, you know, uh, is it plywood? No, yes, not plywood. Yes, yes. You know, where they stick all the little. Like a pantry type thing? Wood. Yeah, I mean, not a good solid cupboard. You know, we were all hiding in the cupboard with our dogs. <laughs> because we felt we'd be more secure there. You know, and then we, we peeked out and we realized, hang on a minute, the house is gone. <laughs> you know, we're in the cupboard. <laughs> Boy, that's and um, wow, that, it is crazy. So and so, obviously, obviously that devastation. Um, and you got back in the bees. You're like, obviously, the bees were were yeah. destroyed, and so you got back in the bees and, oh, and they, rebuilt. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, they all went, and it was quite insane. Actually, about two or three days later, it rained incessantly for a couple of days, and when the rain stopped, um, we went down to have a look at them, and there were a couple of bees flying around. All the, the hives were destroyed. 
um, a lot of them had just gone completely. And they were pushed into one corner of a, a fence um, were a couple of frames and a box. So we picked these frames up and they were drenched and we flapped them up and down. And, you know, lava fell out and water fell out. And I said to him, come on, let's just stick them back together, you know. Um, so we pieced together rat, some random frames with larvae falling out. And we never, ever, ever thought anything would happen, but we just chucked them together and into a box and we left it. We carried on with our cleanup. And it was quite incredible there. A couple of months later, we suddenly noticed there were all these bees flying around and we actually went to look at at this little box and they'd taken oh, you know awesome. and it was brood it was incredible it was so exciting because it was brood and larvae and everything you know and from that little box we've we've kicked off again you know oh, that is awesome that is really good and what you yeah. name the, the box the box of bees did you give them a name like Winston oh no no that is negative we wouldn't even think of calling <laughs> anything Winston <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, so, that's yeah. But it's really cool, and and it's amazing how much. And and we we've not bought in any hives, um, but from that little one little box, and we didn't split. I think we've missed a year or two years of of splitting because of bad weather and blah blah. But from that, um, we're on eighty hives again, so all stemming from one little box. It's incredible, eh? That is awesome. What a what a fantastic story to actually, you know, the. Uh, catastrophe of Psycho Winston, but then you know, I mean, to almost like a rebirth of this one hive, and then it's and into eighty. That's that's awesome. And what about so the business that you guys do, Gene? So so talk us through hmm. that. So what's your um, sort of platform? And obviously, you do a bit of honey, but what else? What else do you guys do? Yeah, so so we we had to with Winston, we had to rethink what we were going to do because at the time. Um, we were probably we were probably imagining and envisaging a little bit of a, um, a more commercial type of entity. You know, we were going for larger hive numbers, um, but with Winston right back, and and bearing in mind it wasn't just the hives. You know, it was um, all our little fruit trees and our little orchard and all these things had gone. So it was a, it was starting everything um, from scratch. Um, prior to Winston, we had thousands of pineapples here, so our honey was primarily a um, pineapple-based honey, which was very nice. Um, so we decided we wouldn't push for hive numbers as such, but we'd go for a little boutique um, niche market kind of thing. So um, we've got our hive numbers to where we have now, um, and just before COVID, about four or five months before COVID, I started doing bee tours. Um, which was fantastic. It was really popular um, where people were coming in for about a four-hour little tour um, and we'd give them lunch and, you know, from sort of the farm to table kind of thing. Um, and I'd actually put a little shop on the farm and I'd do a lot of value-added products. Um, and I'm starting to venture out into the centres now, um, into Suva, and I have hoped to go into Nandi with a couple of our products and, and stuff. 
Awesome. That's really cool. Um, what products I've are they? got a Jim? big uh, – well, at the moment I've got um, – Obviously, our honey, but I've started doing a couple of infused honeys. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a we've got a rosemary honey and a chili honey, which is very nice. My absolute favourite is the chili honey. Um, and in actual fact, sitting right there in front of me on our kitchen counter is the dregs of the infused chili honey, which yes. is piles of chili drenched in honey. And I'm keeping it for a special piece of salmon that I'm hoping to find somewhere, sometime that I can cook for this chili honey. It's oh, waiting I love for it. it. <laughs> love it. Bit... Yeah. So we've got the we've got the infused honeys. Um, you know, out here right at the moment, we we don't have different types of, of floral honey because there is no different type of um, floral varieties at the moment with all our weather. Um, so I've got that, and then I I play a lot with the wax. We do lots of candles and bees wraps and um, wax mills and lip balms and all those sorts of things. We've got a couple of bits and pieces, and they go down really well. And we've got quite a nice little niche um, market going, you know. And I'm busy at the moment, and the big secret, and I can't tell you, and I'm not going to tell you yes. what it is. But, <laughs> okay. yes, um, something really cool that I'm hoping we're going to have out at the end of the year. I'm taking a lot of work and a lot of study on my part and a lot of trial and error, but I'm super excited. I think we're going to come out with something cool. Oh, that's awesome. I love um, it. And, and that's yes. all, also, I should mention to everyone, which I'll put in the show notes. So um, on um, Facebook, you guys are Waitiki Farm. And then on uh, Instagram, you're Waitika Farm Fiji. Uh, but I'll put That's that, right. and I'll put that in the show notes because because you do a lot with Insta and and uh, so I'll put that in there so people can check check you guys out and what you guys. Oh, are doing. that'll be so cool. Well, I, well, a lot of um, what we do is also you know we we are living in a rural area in Fiji, um, and I enjoy um, working with the rural women, right? Um, so a lot of these things that I'm starting. It, you know, I'm, I'm sort of envisaging a little bit down the line um, getting the rural women involved so all these things can become income-generating projects for them too, you know. That's, that, that's, that's, so a, that's, that's a really good, good, you know what I mean, to help the community yeah. and so forth, So, which is brilliant, Jean. So, and, and speaking of that, what about, what about the coronavirus? I don't really sort of talk about it on these podcasts, but how has it affected Fiji? Because Fiji is obviously a very sort of tourist-dependent um, yeah. destination. So how's it affected you guys and Fiji itself? Yeah, look, from a tourism perspective, it's been fascinating because, as you've said, Fiji is very um, reliant on tourism and the tour- tourism industry is just non-existent at the moment. But um, having said that, and as it has, I mean, it's been a massive economic drain. But it's brought up the Fijian people are just incredible. There's a resilience that that I've never seen in other parts of the world in any disaster. I think it's probably because there are so many disasters here all the time. Um, in in the middle of a crisis or a disaster, people will smile. They'll help each other. They'll get back into it and give it a go and make it happen again. You know. Um, so what has happened, there's a lot of poverty and there's a lot of people um, struggling, you know. But there's also been the other side of the coin where people suddenly brought out their inner creativity 
Um, and they started all these amazing, amazing businesses. There's been such an outburst of small and medium enterprises. Um, just been incredible. So that's been a really positive aspect of of it all. And and the other side of the coin is um, econ- economy aside, we're living here as, as if there's nothing wrong. I mean, we're not in lockdown. We're not walking around with masks on. There's no social distancing. Life is carrying on, you know. So we're very, very lucky in that regard. You know, I think the country needs um, the tourism tourists to come back. Yes. It's shifted the, the emphasis. You know, the the tourism industry was very five star luxury resort based. I think you're going to see when when borders do open again. I think there's going to be a massive emergence of SMEs from an agri tourism perspective. And I think you're going to see things. Um, in fact, I hope you're going to see things shifting a little bit from the five-star luxury resort yes. to all these amazing agri-tourism businesses that are going to um, be popping up. You know, there's so many incredible things that have come out yeah, through COVID. So in one sense, it's been really good, and in one sense, it's been, of course, very yes. bad. There's a lot of people struggling. Yeah, that sort of, yeah, there's the positives and negatives. And, and, and you sort of mentioned about um, the agricultural industry before, so what, what, what's what's the bee scene like in Fiji? Because usually when we think of Fiji, people don't generally think of bees and honey, but it's actually sort of quite popular and there's quite a few few beekeepers in Fiji. So what, yeah. what's, the, what's the industry like there, Jean? Yeah, it's good. I mean, we, we've got very um, – we've got ends of the country which are better suited to beekeeping than others, like um, our end of the world and some areas of Vanua Levu where we have drier – um, season um, is good for beekeeping and there are a lot of beekeepers I can't tell you how many I don't have the stats available um, but yeah it's very popular and it's been something that in the last couple of, the, of years um, it's been something that um, a lot of NGOs have picked up and supported um, particularly rural women and encouraging them to get these things going I do believe whilst we have a, quite a budding um, uh, beekeeping industry here. We can do a heck of a lot more. There's huge potential to do more. Um, it comes down, I guess, to funding. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. And and training. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of action. I think there could be a lot more action. I think we we're going into value-added products. It's a very unexplored arena here. I'm probably one of a very small handful, if not the only one, that or we, as in Whitaker, um, who do a fair amount of value-added products. Yes. There are people that do a couple of candles and, and what have you, but I think that is something that needs to be explored and um, expanded hugely. Yes. So I think it's an industry that's really, really open for development and it's something that Fiji needs to look at, I think, to promote very much. Yes, because it's got that real growth sort of opportunities there and and um and what about other you mentioned obviously we spoke about the the challenges of cyclones, but the you've had uh the Varroa mite, I think it's the Varroa Jacob Sonai, one of the that's in recent years come onto the island. Is that right? Sorry, I I didn't hear 
Can you repeat that? I, I, I missed it, that. What was it? Was it the Varroa mite? The little mite that's is that oh, recent? Varroa, yeah. Yes. yeah. What's happened there? Because it's only recent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Look, until a couple of years back, we had nothing. I mean, our, our worst affliction was was wax moth. Yes. Um, and then Varroa and AFC made an appearance. AFC seems to be American fowl brood seems to be controlled. Um, there were a few instances of it. But biosecurity seemed to come in and do what they must. Um, the big issue is Varroa that people sit with. And I think it's something, as you know, once you got it, you can't get rid of it. You can just minimize it yes. and control it. Um, sadly, I think Fiji's got that. Not all apiaries are, are having Varroa yet, but it's definitely, definitely spreading. Um, and yeah. Probably our biggest problem at the moment. Yes, okay. And have you seen it in any of your hives? Sorry, in uh, ours? Yeah, any, have you seen the varroa mites in any of your hives? Because you're, you're. Yes, yeah. we have, but not not in a in a huge way. We haven't treated yet. It's been very minimal, um, but it's something we are keeping an eye on. Um, unfortunately, it's there. And there's nothing I think we can do about it. What we are exploring, though, is looking at organic treatments. Yes. Um, we we are very anti-using anything that's chemically based. Or, yes. So, but for us, it's quite difficult here actually because it always involves a big importation of everything. <laughs> so, and especially now during COVID, um, it's so hard to bring anything in. Yes. It takes a very, very long time. Yeah, so unfortunately it is there, but it's one of those things. I think something that a large part of the world is, is sitting with having to control is Varroa, you know. Yeah, that's that's so true. And and on a positive note, what's what in regards to bees and beekeeping, what do you love the most, Jean? Oh, everything. I absolutely love you know, when when I first started playing with um, I saw them in a very one-dimensional aspect, but the more I started learning and the more I started understanding, and the same for O'Neill. I mean, we, we've discussed this often. It's one of these things that you, you can never know enough. And the more you learn and the more you know, the more you realize how little you know. Yes, <laughs> and And one of, the, one of the biggest things or the best things we've ever done was put in a um, six-frame glass hive in the wall of our bee house and honestly it's the most interesting interesting thing to observe i've gone down there during storms i've gone down there at night with a torch there are all sorts of different little scenarios to see how they behaving and oh i love them man you know so so that is incredible and i love i love the value adding aspect of the thing i love the wax i love um all the possibilities of something that seems so scrudgy when you take it out the hive and you you harvest your honey and you're left with this pile of stuff that doesn't look like anything, you know. Yes. And then you clean it and it's beautiful. It smells amazing. And you make all these beautiful things and everybody loves your beautiful things. Yes. And I just love that. It gives me it gives me an incredible thrill when people say, Oh, love this whatever it is you've made, you know. I think, oh, that's so cool. And then I think it's just come from that scrudgy pile in my bucket that I've cleaned, you know. 
Absolutely, yeah, that's so true. Like bees are the uh, are the the gift that keeps on uh, keeps on giving. So I, I totally hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, then it goes to you know, as I was telling you earlier on, we um, our place was originally once upon a time was a sugarcane field, and we've ditched all the sugarcane. And our hope and some dreams and goals one day, but we've got to hurry up because we're getting old. But is to turn this into a sort of a permaculture-based little forest kind of place, and we can't do that on our own, and we need the bees to do that. Yes, you know? that's so true. So yes. we're trying to work with them to achieve this goal. It's all too cool, really. That's that's so true. That's uh, Jean. That's absolute awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Uh, that's really really cool. And I'm got, what I'm going to do is I put in the show notes. Um, you know, where to check out, you know, you guys on Insta and Facebook. So thank you so much for your time, Jean. Thank you. It's been absolutely lovely and really, really been cool to be with you guys. Yes, that likewise. And I'm really, as soon as these planes and everything's getting back to normal, uh, you're going to see me again. So save a bit of uh, couch space for me. And, um, oh, 100%. We've got a spare room for you. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll be awesome. And, and, uh, and say hello to uh, Neil for us. And, um, and really, I look forward to seeing you guys in the, in the future. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, Ben. Thank you so much. You take care. Huh? You too. Take care. See you, Jane. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye.